And shout out to our, uh, our creative team and to Ed for putting together that video and all the, the, the folks that came together to do that. Uh, man, if you guys have not checked out our YouTube channel, our uh, Instagrams, it is all up. So make sure you look at, I think it's six of them total, right? Four of them, five of them, five or six. Anyway, you'll be able to see it on Instagram. So make sure you guys uh, go, go check that out and uh, hit subscribe as well. Uh, I heard Valerie, when Chris came on, she said, that's my man. <laughs> I ain't mad at you. I ain't mad at you. Well, happy Easter. It is good to be here. Good to be gathered with the body of Christ. Uh, he has certainly risen. Uh, do you guys know the traditional response? If someone says he is risen, do you know what you're supposed to say back? Uh, some people know. All right, let, let's try it. Uh, I, I'm going to say he is risen. You just respond back. He has risen indeed. He has risen. He has risen let's do one more time like you actually believe that the tomb is empty. He has risen. Amen. Indeed, the grave could not hold our Lord, our Savior, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Prince of Peace could not hold him down. On Friday, we got to celebrate the death of Jesus Christ. Uh, and I know that sounds almost weird that you celebrate a death, but it is that death that brought us life. So we got to celebrate what Jesus Christ did on the cross over 2000 years ago. And we have some very creative people at the church. So we've tried to do that through poetry and music and singing and dancing and uh, reenactments and, of course, preaching. Uh, we looked at Jesus, uh, some of his last words, particularly, it is finished. And what does that mean, uh, that it is finished? It certainly means if it's finished, there's nothing left for you to do. Uh, he's already earned the, the, the right for you to stand before the Lord if we've trusted in him. So we get to place priority today on the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus uh, and Paul, Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians 4, 15. Don't turn there, but he says in 1 Corinthians 15 that uh, what, what I am giving or delivering to you or giving out to you is of first importance. In other words, he placed priority on the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's not a message that we preach um, sometime, but it's a message that consistently needs to be preached. And even if you don't hear me preach it from here, you got to preach it to yourself Monday through Saturday, and so I'm excited to preach about the Word of God, the resurrection of Jesus. So grab your Bibles or your devices and meet me in Matthew 28. Matthew 28 is where we'll be. Uh, listen, I promise you, we are still deeply committed to working through the entire book of Romans. Uh, as a church, we've set out uh, that we, we've set out to work through all 16 chapters. We're only in chapter three, but we've taken a, a lengthy break, about a, a little bit over a month. To make sure that we are, I had to do some traveling, but also to make sure that we are addressing uh, some of what the holidays are giving us, which is Easter, Good Friday, and, um, and, uh, and last week we did Passover. But today we are going to be talking about the resurrection. So pick me up in verse 5, Matthew 28. The angel told the women, meaning Mary Magdalene and the mother of Jesus, Mary, please underline these next three words. Don't be afraid. Because I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. I, I want to preach from these two little verses, tag this topic with, uh, with two words, come and see. That's really three words. Come and see. Look at your neighbor and just say, come and see. Look back at that same neighbor and say, come and see what? 
We're going to have that defined for us in the text. Let's look to the Lord before we dig in. Father, we thank you for an empty tomb. Thank you because we realize that if you got up with all power in your hand, you also have the ability to raise us up. How do I know that? Because Romans 8, 11 says, if the same spirit who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us, he who raised Jesus Christ from the dead will also give life to our mortal bodies. And so, Father, as your story is told today, I pray two things would be happening. I pray that the one that doesn't know you would meet you in this tomb. And the one that does know you and has professed faith in you and has lived their life according to what you tell us to do, pray that they would be strengthened by an empty tomb today. So you get the glory, you get the honor, not unto us, not unto us, but unto you get the glory. It's in Christ's name we pray. Let everybody say amen. amen. Come and see. Uh, you're, you're often going to be backed into a corner where you're going to have to make uh, really tough decisions. And the tough decisions really, really are you have one or two options and you have to choose one of them. And these tough decisions that you're always making really show up in a few areas of life. They show up in minor areas, but they also show up in major areas as well. Major areas like uh, political decisions. You're going to need to decide if you're a Republican or if you're a Democrat. You're going to need to decide where you stand. Are you for gun laws or are you against gun laws? You're going to need to see where you stand on uh, gay rights and immigration. But, but these decisions don't just weave through politics. These decisions also show up in other important areas. For, for example, you're going to need to see where you stand on Michael Jordan or LeBron James. You just got to make that decision at some point. You're, you're going to need, somebody said Jordan, A to the man. You're, you're going to need to see where you stand on Beyonce or Michael Jackson. Now, before you say Beyonce, because Homecoming came out this week, you got to think about Thriller, The Moonwalk, and all of that. You're going to need to see where you stand on Biggie or... I knew y'all didn't know Jesus. I just set y'all right up. You're going to need to see where you stand on these hard areas. Drake or Lil Wayne or Cardi B or... Amen, I hear you. Car Car Cardi B or, or, or Nicki Minaj, you're going to need to see where you stand on these. But I, I would argue and really want to lay before you today that the hardest decision to make is not the, or the, the decision that shapes your life the most is not where you stand on politics. The decision that will shape your life the most is not your artistic expression. But the decision that will shape your life the most is where you stand on the resurrection. And what I found out about the resurrection is either you believe it or you don't. We are not neutral in this decision. Either you believe that he rose, and if you do believe, then your belief has to go to profession. And if you profess it, it has to go to living your life. How does the empty tomb impact your decisions? How does the empty tomb help you to select what school I'm going to go to or where I'm going to live? The tomb being empty should impact everything about us. And so we come to a passage here where the angel is having a conversation with two women at the tomb, which is dope because the first proclaimers of the resurrection of Jesus Christ are two females. It's Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Jesus. And to, to put a little context here so that we don't parachute into Matthew 28 and don't know what else is going on, these women show up to the tomb early. Jesus has died. He's been buried. And so they come to the tomb with spices in their hand, Meaning they come to and finish the embalming process. They did not expect him not to be there. But when they show up to the tomb, they show up 
to an empty tomb. And the second thing they see is an angel sitting on top of the tomb. And it is what the angel said that has arrested my attention all week long. Here's what the angel said to these two ladies that were standing at the tomb. Don't be afraid because I know you are looking for Jesus who is crucified. He is not here. He is risen just as he said, come and see the place where he lay. Now, just as important as this was for the angel to say this to these two females, it is also important for you to hear these words because there, there are four points that I like to pull out of this passage that I think God will speak to us through. If you're taking notes, please write these down. Here's the four. The resurrection should produce fearless Christians. The resurrection proves that Jesus has power. The resurrection validates the words of Jesus. And finally, here's an invitation. He invites you to come and see. Now, we're going to work through all four of these, but I'm going to need you all to talk back. It's third service. I preach two and I'm tired. I need y'all to talk back to just give me a little bit of energy every now and then just slip an amen somewhere. The resurrection should produce fearless Christians. Look at verse number five. Here's what the angel told the women. I told you to underline it. Don't be afraid. Of course, the primary reason why the angel has to tell this to these two women is because the angel realizes that anytime an angel shows up in the scriptures, humans are often met with fear. So, so we, we have a false sense of reality when it comes to angels. We think that angels are this cute little fluffy little angel, little, you know, little, little Cupid thing that rides around. He shoots people and then they fall in love. That's not what an angel is. Whenever people met angels in the Bible, they were always, always met with fear. And here's what's dope about our king. Angels bring fear to humans, but God's presence brings fear to angels. You, you got to understand that if an angel came in here right now, you would all be freaked out. You would be messed up. But that's how angels get in the presence of God. They take their crowns off and they lay them at the feet of Jesus Christ. And what you fear bows in reverence to your king. And so angels here have to have to come to the tomb and they have to they have to calm the fears of these women. I, I'm thinking about Isaiah six, where the Bible says that there's angels in the presence of God. Read it when you get home. And these angels, the Bible says, has six wings. And with two of those wings, they hide their feet. Why do they hide their feet? Because nothing unclean can be in God's presence and feet were considered unclean. With the other two wings, they hid their face. Why do you hide your face? Because you, you got to understand something about the presence of God. Nobody can look directly at the presence of God and live. Moses tried it. Moses said, God, show me your glory. God said, fool, can't nobody see my glory and live? I'm paraphrasing, uh, but, but he does say this in Exodus 34. He says, nobody can see me and live. So he puts them in a cleft of a rock and lets them see the aftermath because you can't look at the presence of God. And so angels hide their face. They have two wings. They just flap around and just have one hook. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. This is interesting to me because the, the one inside the tomb is supposed to be dead, but he's alive. And the ones on the outside of the tomb are supposed to be alive, the guards, but they're shaking like dead men because of the angel. And this is interesting to me because you know, we read this kind of stuff and we run over it. But the fact that they were shaking points me to a greater reality that Jesus is powerful and Jesus is to be worshipped and Jesus is to be adored because what you fear is bowing in reverence to the king of kings. And so in the text here, the, 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 the angel says, don't fear. Now, greater than them fearing 
his appearance. Because the Bible does say in verse number three, read it when you get home, that his, the, the appearance of the angel was like lightning and his clothes were whiter than snow. And then verse four goes to say that the Roman soldiers that were at the guard, that were on guard guarding the tomb dropped like dead men. But more important than his appearance, when he says do not fear, that should put to rest all of your fears. In other words, if you believe that the tomb is empty, there should be no fears in life for you. Like, how do you believe that your savior has power to get up from a grave, but we walk in fear? Some of you are hindered in making decisions because of fear. Some of you are at a standstill in life because you are afraid. But if you believe in the resurrected king, you shouldn't have fear. Look at your neighbor and say, the tomb is empty. So what are you afraid of? What are you scared of? I know you got that bad diagnosis, but these words comfort us today. Do not fear. How do, how do I know? Because a bad diagnosis really shouldn't bring fear. It gives us an opportunity to see that God is a healer yeah. or he's a sustainer, even with the sickness. See, well, we don't want to hear stuff like that. If you get if you have bad financial issues in your life and you don't know where the next how the next uh, paycheck is coming, you got more bills than you got finances. I rest in what the angel said. Do not fear, because this is an opportunity to see God's provision. Do not fear is what the angel tells these two women. And this is a good word for some of you, because some of you in the midst of fear, all you need to do is look back at an empty tomb. I love Ty Tribbett. Ty Tribbett has a song that says, if he did it before, he can do it again. So if he rolled a stone away, cancer is nothing. If he rolled a stone away, your financial situation is nothing. If he, if he opened the door to get out of a tomb, opening a door for that job opportunity is nothing for him. And so I look back in, at the empty tomb and it breeds fearless Christians. The empty tomb puts back in your backbone. The empty tune makes you to walk with a little bit more swag, not because you got power, but because your king has power. So the empty tomb serves us well today. And so, empty, listen, Christians can't be wimpy because we serve a strong king. Christians, are, we shouldn't be weak in our faith and feeble in our walking. We should walk with confidence. Pick your head up. Your king rose from the dead. Walk with a little bit more swag. And so number one, the resurrection should produce fearless Christians. And I, I actually feel fear running out of here now because there are some of you that you're, you're held bondage to fear, but move past it because the tomb is empty. Number two, the resurrection proves that Jesus has power, which is more fuel for us not having fear. Look at the text with me. Do not be afraid because I know you were looking for Jesus who was crucified. Verse six, he is not here. He is risen. These words, he is not here, is the sweetest news a believer could ever hear. Because if they found the body of Jesus, everything we're doing is in vain. If they found the body of Jesus, I need to close this book and never preach from it again. But if he rose up, it shows us that he actually has power even over Death. Now, most people will say in ancient times, they, they would say that the disciples all got together and in some joint conspiracy, they decided to steal the body the night before so that 
uh, they can make it look like heroes. But, but do you know how foolish that is? Do you know how many precautions they took to make sure the body wasn't stolen? There are three precautions uh, in particular that I want you to write down. The first one, we always run over it, is the stone. You realize that Jesus wasn't, you didn't just have access to Jesus' body. There was a stone in front of the tomb. And it, let, let me tell you something about the stones in Jerusalem. This ain't a stone that just you could walk up to and just like open it like a door. I carried two, uh, I picked up two uh, uh, buckets of paint yesterday. I almost broke my back. Can you imagine <laughs> moving? But don't get it twisted. I still got hands. I don't want y'all to think I'm weak. <laughs> I got some hands. But can you imagine rolling a stone out of the way? The, the first precaution that they took to make sure the body wasn't stolen was to put a stone in front of it. But a stone wasn't the only thing. The second one is a Roman seal. Somebody said it. There was a Roman seal that was put on the stone. In fact, let me read it because I know you don't believe me. Matthew 27, verse 65. They went and made the grave secure. Along with guards, they set a seal on the stone. Let me tell you a little bit about this Roman seal. It was a sign of Roman power. Pontius Pilate himself would have stamped this seal, which means if you remove the seal, really what you were doing was signing your own death warrant. Because you were trying to floss and trying to say, I have more power than the governor, than Pontius Pilate, and that would have got you killed. And so a great deterrent from stealing the body of Jesus is not just the stone, but a great deterrent from stealing the body of Jesus is the fact that there is a Roman seal on this tomb. But that's not it. There's one more precaution that they took to make sure that the body of Jesus wasn't stolen. The third one is the Roman soldiers. A sign of military power. And so Pontius Pilate put Roman soldiers there to make sure that you were not able to steal the body. And maybe you can get past one. Maybe you can get past two. But no human is able to get past all three. But here's why I love Christ and why I serve him. Because even though Pontius Pilate was the highest ranking official in town, Jesus flexes his muscles over Pontius Pilate and says, I know he got some power, but I got more power. Remove this seal. Then the second thing he does is he looks at a stone and he says, I know you don't have human muscles to move this stone, so I'm going to just move the stone out the way. And I know that there's Roman soldiers outside and nobody can beat these Roman soldiers, but I'm going to drop them like dead men. And I don't know what your stone in your life is that you need rolled out the way, but Jesus got the power to move the stone. I don't know what seal is on your life. You know, a Roman seal would have been stamped by Pontius Pilate. Maybe somebody has stamped your identity. Maybe somebody has labeled you and put something on you. But I love Jesus because he can remove the seal out the way. Jesus is able to, to destroy even military powers. There's, there's a text, and I don't have time to preach it, but in, in Psalms chapter 2, the Bible says that these armies all get together, and they rage war against the heavens. And God doesn't even have to rage war back. The Bible says that he sits in the heavens and he laughs. Our king has power over military powers, so he drops these two Roman soldiers like dead men. And so when I say, this is why I say, you shouldn't, you have nothing to fear. Like your king doesn't have just power. Like you shouldn't not fear because the angel said it, but you shouldn't have any fear because your king is powerful and he's mighty. And he's mightier than anybody that you know. And this actually brought me great joy this week. This text brought me great comfort because it's no secret that our church is 
in the midst of some negotiations, we got something on the table to get a bigger space. We're in three services. Our first two services, we, we literally had no more room. People were standing on the walls. And not only that, but we had babies on top of babies on top of babies in the baby's room. And some of y'all are expecting in this room. And so that's going to add. Y'all are being fruitful and y'all are multiplying. And, and so, you know, I know we need to get a bigger space. So I, I've been spending a lot of time in the staff here. We've been spending a lot of time trying to track down this one opportunity that God is giving us. And here's what I know about this week for me. Earlier this week, there was some hurdles that we needed to jump over that was impossible for our church. Listen, I'm, I'm going to tell you all this. We don't have the money that they're requiring. We, we don't have the resources. We don't have the people. We don't have the longevity. We ain't got the credit. But here's what we got, an empty tomb. Because if the tomb is empty, he can give us the building. And what, what, what is true of the church is true of your life. What is it in your life that you need God to move out the way? What, what, what opportunity do you need God to open the door? And if he opened the door to a tomb, he can open the door to your situation. There is not a situation that is too hard for God. He is not in heaven going, oh, my God, I cannot believe they got in that. I can't fix that. No, I rolled a, a, a stone away. So, therefore, I can certainly... Meet them in whatever they're going through. First, the resurrection should produce fearless Christians. Second, the resurrection proves that Jesus has power. He removes the seal. He rolls a stone and he drops Roman soldiers like dead men. Third, the resurrection validates the words of Jesus. Don't miss what he says here. The angel says, he is not here for he is risen. Look at this line. Just as he said. Now, you know, the greatest miracle in the resurrection is not just that Jesus rose. The greatest miracle in the resurrection is that he said he would rise and then he rose. And so if Jesus, if the tomb is empty and Jesus said that he would rise, it validates not only that statement, but everything else he said. And not only that, in a more broader and a deeper way, it validates everything of scripture. See, here's why I trust in the word. Here's why I preach the word. Here's why I don't go a day without reading the word is because the tomb is empty. And so therefore, every word in these 66 books has been validated. There's not a word in here that I don't believe. Why? Because the tomb is empty. You mean to tell me, Pastor, you believe that a man actually got swallowed by a fish? How does that digestively work? I don't know, but the tomb is empty. So I believe it. You mean to tell me, Pastor, you actually believe that God created the heavens and the earth and he created people and he dug into the dirt and created people? How does he do that? I don't know, but the tomb is empty. And so therefore, if the tomb is empty, everything Jesus said has to be true. Now, if it's not empty, then Jesus is a liar. If it's not empty, we have no business reading scripture. But if it is, everything we have should be given to this word. So, so the reason that I don't lose my mind when I lose my job is because I am reminded of what the word says. The word says, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly father feeds them. And then he goes on to say, are you not more valuable than the birds? In other words, I believe that God will provide for me because Matthew 26 says it. But I believe Matthew 26 because the tomb is empty. The reason I don't walk around full of anxiety is because Philippians chapter 4 says, don't be anxious for anything. And I don't have to be filled with anxiety because I believe the word. I believe the word because the tomb is empty. The reason I know that I can overcome this sin, 
this cycle of sin in my life that nobody knows about. I know I can overcome it because Galatians 5, 16 says, for I say, walk in the spirit and you won't gratify the desires of the flesh. The reason I know I can overcome it is because the word tells me I can. And I believe the word because the tomb is empty. The reason I know that I am a overcomer is because uh, Romans chapter 8 says uh, that we are overcomers to those who love God. The reason I know I can overcome anything is because the tomb is empty and because the word says so. Do you believe this word? Do you love the word? Do you live for the word? And many of us love our social media more than we love the word. You love your timeline. You like hearts more than you li- like. You like somebody else liking your picture more than you love the word. The tomb is empty. I give everything to this word. And here's the thing about giving your life to the word. There are some moments where, yes, I'll align, but there are some moments that I'm like, God, you really want me to do that? Like there's a text that says, love your neighbor. Okay, I can do that. He says, love your neighbor like you love yourself. Now, that's hard because here's what I know. I love me. And I know y'all love y'all, but the word tells me to love my, that's hard to do. So I submit to the word, even when it's hard, like a hard pill to swallow, but I do it because of the tomb being empty. And so it is an oxymoron to say, I believe in the tomb, but I don't trust the word. It's an oxymoron to believe that Jesus Christ actually rose from the dead, but then try to pull out contradictions in the word. If Jesus said he would rise and he rose I'm good. I'm baking all my chips on this. So number one, the resurrection should produce fearless Christians. Number two, the resurrection proves that Jesus has power. Number three, the resurrection validates the words of Jesus just as he said he rose. And then finally, number four, here's an invitation. He invites us to come and see. Look at what he says here. Verse six, the end of it. Come and see the place where he lay. He invites you to come play peekaboo in the tomb because he knows that when you come and look at the tomb, that is where you find life. An empty tomb is where you find a restoration and healing. You get comfort at an empty tomb and the angel says, come and see. Listen, I know you got doubts, but come and see. I know you, all your questions aren't answered, but come and see. I know you're a little skeptical and, and sometimes church people feel shady, but come and see. Because that's, that is exactly what the angel is inviting you to. And one of the things I know about this invitation is it has an expiration date. Because there's a moment where Jesus says, they will seek me and not be able to find me. And some of you have been coming here week after week after week. And in your mind, you're going, I'll give my life to that king that they're talking about someday. But listen, this invitation ain't always going to be open. It's going to be closed at some point. And I love you enough to tell you that. That one day the invitation will be closing. Some of you need to accept this invitation that have been coming here week in and week out. You like the community. You like the singing. You know, Rob got on some nice shoes today. You like, <laughs> like the shoes. He got his back out on the shoes. I, don't, I just don't. I took a picture of it. I'm trying to figure it out. It's so unique. You got me distracted, bro. Come and see is what the angel tells us. Now, here's a question you should be asking. Don't believe me. You should say, come and see what? Say that to me. Say, Pastor, come and see what? Here's what you find when you get to the tomb. When you come and see, you get to see the one that is co-equal with God the Father. When you come and see, you get to see the one that is in heaven at this moment being worshipped and adored, and all of the crowns are laid at his feet. 
When you come and see, you will get to see the one that came down and rescued sinful men by living an impeccable life, never sinned. When you come and see, you get to see the one that goes to a cross and dies for your sin and lets two things happen there. He takes your sin but gives you that impeccable life. When you come and see, you get to see the one that we celebrated on Friday as dying, but that rose this morning, early on Sunday morning. And what I love about Jesus rising on Sunday morning is on, on Friday, we got to celebrate the lamb. We got to celebrate the sacrificial sheep. But don't get it twisted. He's not a sacrificial sheep right now. He's the lion of Judah. And so the suffering servant is now the conquering king. Did y'all see that picture that they had up earlier with the, with the lion with the crown on it? That is what our king looks like sitting on the throne right now. He was a quiet sheep on Friday, but early Sunday morning, he rises with all power in his hands. Come and see. Come and see what the one that not only rose from the dead, but the one that is coming back for us. And you, won't, you don't know nobody like Jesus. Yeah. The one that's going to be coming back on a cloud. The Bible says in Revelation 21 that he's going to have a tattoo on his thigh. And a tattoo is going to say, King of kings and Lord of lords. The Bible says he's going to ride in on a cloud and he's going to have a sword out of his mouth. And that quiet lamb is coming to wreck shop for any enemy that was against him. This is the one that you are coming and seeing. And I want to invite you. Last week we invited you to dine with him at the Last Supper. But this week I'm asking you to come peek in the tomb. Listen, I've been to the tomb. I've been, I, I took a flight, spent 10 days in Israel, and one of those days, I got to get in the tomb by myself and worship that he wasn't there. And this is the Savior that we serve, and so I'm not inviting you to something that's fickle. I'm not inviting you to something that doesn't have substance, but I'm inviting you to something that is the most secure place. I said on Friday, when you meet Jesus, he shows you, the fullness of Jesus shows you the emptiness of everything else in our life. And you think what's in your life is full, but it's actually empty. And was, you, know, you know what we do? Like, we worship stuff that is so fleeting. Like, you know that iPhone that's in your pocketbook right now is going to be in the junk drawer in five years. But here's what I know. Jesus is still going to be sitting on the throne if he don't come back. And so I'm inviting you into something so solid and secure. Every head bowed and every eye closed. My fear is that you will leave here and not do anything with this Christ. My fear is that this invitation of come and see, and for those of you who don't know the Lord, is going to fall on deaf ears. Deaf ears. But I also fear that the one in here that does know the Lord, my fear is that you've lacked the ability to come and see too. Tomb doesn't become a place where we get to find security and strength, but you've wandered off far from the tomb, but the angel today invites you back. So for those of you who don't know the Lord, listen, we'll be sticking around after service. Come talk to one of us. Somebody you see running around serving or singing and doing hospitality, ask anybody that has been going here for a while, what does it mean to come and see? What? What does that mean to give my life to the Lord? Not just profession, but what does it mean to live under his lordship? For those of you in here who have trusted in Jesus, but you've wandered off, I'm going to pray for you too. Father, I pray for everybody in this room. Thank you for all three services today. How your Holy Spirit wasn't in one and 
dipped out on the other two, but you were here every service. I thank you, oh God, for this ability that you've given us, this invitation, this gracious invitation. Because you saying come here really should be destruction for us. But you saying come and see is a gracious invitation. And so, Father, I pray, oh God, for the one that doesn't know you. I'm, I'm so glad that salvation ain't up to them anyway. I'm so glad that you're sovereign working and your sovereign will. If you want it, it's yours. I think about me, God, and how I ran from you. But when you wanted me, I had to bow a knee to your lordship. So, Father, I pray for the one that doesn't know you. May they run to somebody today and say, what does it mean to fall in love with Jesus? How do I build this relationship? And I also pray for the one that does know you, Father. May we be strengthened by looking in the tomb. May looking in the tomb be a daily practice for us. Because that is the place where fears run away. That is the place where questions are answered. So, Father, I pray for everybody in this room. Father, as we move to a time of communion, oh God, I pray that this word would be hidden in our hearts and that we would never sin against them. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.